0: Welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast. Mike here, just reading the Bible like it makes a difference. And we're reading the book of Job like it makes a difference. And it does. It makes a difference in how we view trials, the, the bad things that go on in our lives. It makes a difference in how we view ourselves, our own character, our own integrity. It makes a difference in how we view God. What's his role in all this? Makes a difference in how we view our relationships. What friends do we have? What do they speak into our lives? From their perspective, are we good friends to people who need us through tough times? How do we respond and how do we react? This book makes a difference. And being a wisdom book here in the Old Testament, there's a lot we can learn from it and apply it's, uh, it's also poetry, so it takes a little bit of a kind of a colorful route <laughs> to get to some of these main points for us to dig out. But there's a lot of wisdom to be found here. We're going to keep going with this book. Uh, the court case that we've been reading here in the book of Job is about to get more interesting. Okay, Job and his so-called friends have gone back and forth this whole time, and Job pleaded his innocence... And his friends argued his guilt. Like, could they prove it? No, but the way they saw it, these bad things that happened were proof enough that God was angry with Job. And Job and the three friends got caught up in trying to answer the question, does Job deserve it or not? But remember, that's not the question that started this entire thing. The question was, would Job blame God and curse him for taking away his comforts? And although he didn't go so far as to curse God, he did cross the line a few times, even as recently as last episode, to blame God and accuse him of perverting justice. And nobody has been addressing the core issue here until now. Little did we know, there has been a fourth friend in the picture, a young guy. He's bursting at the seams wanting to say something, and now he has his chance. All right, he's going to go from fly on the wall to fly off the handle here. Okay, so let's give this guy the microphone and see what happens. This is Job chapters 32 through 34. So these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then the wrath of Elihu, the son of Barachel, the Buzite of the family of Ram, was kindled against Job. His wrath was kindled because Job justified himself rather than God. Also his wrath was kindled against his three friends because they had found no answer and yet had condemned Job. Now Elihu had waited to speak to Job because they were elder than he. When Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, his wrath was kindled. Elihu, the son of Barakel the Buzite, answered, I'm young, and you're very old. Therefore, I held back, and I didn't dare show you my opinion. I said, days should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. But there's a spirit in man, and the spirit of the Almighty gives them understanding. It's not the great who are wise, nor the aged who understand justice. Therefore, I said, listen to me. I'll also show my opinion. Behold, I waited for your words, and I listened for your reasoning while you searched out what to say. Yeah, I gave you my full attention, but there was no one who convinced Job or who would answer his words among you. Beware, lest you say we found wisdom, God may refute him, not man, for he has not directed his words against me, neither I will answer him with your speeches. They're amazed, they answer no more, they don't have a word to say. Shall I wait because they don't speak? Because they stand still and answer no more? I also will answer my part, and I also will show my opinion, for I'm full of words. The spirit within me constrains me. Behold, my breast is as of wine, which has no vent like new wineskins. It's ready to burst. I'll speak that I may be refreshed. I'll open my lips and answer. Please don't let me respect any man's person, neither will I give flattering titles to any man, for I don't know how to give flattering titles, or else my maker would soon take me away. However, Job, please hear my speech and listen to all my words. See now? I've opened my mouth, my tongue has spoken in my mouth. My words will utter the uprightness of my heart, that which my lips know they will speak sincerely. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. If you can, answer me. Set your words in order before me and stand up. Behold, I am toward God, even as you are. I am also formed out of the clay. Behold, my terror will not make you afraid, neither will my pressure be heavy on you. Surely you've spoken in my hearing. I've heard the voice of your words, saying, I'm clean, without disobedience, I'm innocent, neither is there iniquity in me. Behold, he finds occasions against me, he counts me for his enemy, he puts my feet in the stocks, he marks all my paths. Behold, I will answer you. In this, you are not just, for God is greater than man. Why do you strive against him, because he doesn't give account of any of his matters? For God speaks once, yes, twice, though man pays no attention. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, in slumbering on the bed, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction, that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. He's chastened also with pain on his bed with continual strife in his bones so that his life abhors bread and his soul dainty food. His flesh is so consumed away that it can't be seen. His bones that were not seen stick out. Yes, his soul draws near to the pit and his life to the destroyer's. If there is beside him an angel, an interpreter, one among a thousand to show to man what is right for him, then God is gracious to him and says, deliver him from going down to the pit. I've found a ransom. His flesh will be fresher than a child's. He returns to the days of his youth. He prays to God and he is favorable to him so that he sees his face with joy. He restores to man his righteousness, and he sings before men and says, I've sinned and perverted that which was right, and it didn't profit me. He has redeemed my soul from going into the pit. My life will see the light. Behold, God does all these things, twice, yes, three times with a man, to bring back his soul from the pit, that he may be enlightened with the light of the living. Mark well, Job, and listen to me. Hold your peace, and I'll speak. If you have anything to say, answer me, speak, for I desire to justify you, and if not, listen to me. Hold your peace, and I'll teach you wisdom. Moreover, Elihu answered, hear my words, you wise men. Give ear to me, you who have knowledge, for the ear tries words as the palate tastes food. Let's choose for us that which is right. Let us know among ourselves what is good, for Job has said, I'm righteous, God has taken away my right. Notwithstanding my right, I am considered a liar. My wound is incurable, though I am without disobedience. What man is like Job, who drinks scorn like water, who goes in company with the workers of iniquity and walks with wicked men? For he said, It profits a man nothing that he should delight himself with God. (laughs) Therefore listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God that he should do wickedness, from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. For the work of a man he will render to him and cause every man to find according to his ways. Yes, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert justice. Who put him in charge of the earth? Who's appointed him over the whole earth? If he set his heart on himself, if he gathered to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would turn again to dust. If you now have understanding, hear this. Listen to the voice of my words. Should even one who hates justice govern? Will you condemn him who is righteous and mighty, who says to the king, vile, or to nobles, wicked? He doesn't respect the persons of princes, nor respect the rich more than the poor, for they are all the work of his hands. In a moment, they die. Even at midnight, the people are shaken and pass away the mighty are taken without a hand. For his eyes are on the ways of a man. He sees all his goings. There's no darkness nor thick gloom where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. For he doesn't need to consider a man further that he should go before God in judgment. He breaks mighty men in pieces in ways past finding out and sets others in their place. Therefore he takes knowledge of their works. He overturns them in the night so that they're destroyed. He strikes them as wicked men in the open sight of others because they turned away from following him and wouldn't pay attention to any of his ways. So that they caused the cry of the poor to come to him. He heard the cry of the afflicted. When he gives quietness, who then can condemn? When he hides his face, who then can see him? He's over a nation or a man alike that the godless man may not reign, that there may be no one to ensnare the people. For has any said to God, I'm guilty, but I will not offend any more. Teach me that which I don't see. If I've done iniquity, I will do it no more. Shall his recompense be as you desire that you refuse it? For you must choose and not I. Therefore speak what you know. Men of understanding will tell me. Yes, every wise man who hears me. Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without wisdom. I wish that Job were tried to the end. Because of his answering like wicked men, for he adds rebellion to his sin. He claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. Elihu gives a masterclass on saying the hard things, no matter how easy or hard it is for you. For those of us who are more inclined to stay quiet and avoid conflict, who demonstrates the importance of speaking the truth and stepping in when we see God being misrepresented, especially by those who say they know him. And for those of us who are quick to jump in with our opinions, Elihu who is an example of extreme patience and respect, knowing that timing is just as important as content when it comes to saying hard things. When it's time for truth to enter the arena, will you be ready? That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Outloud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Outloud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.